the fuck are you playing, Rob? What? I'm playing holiday music. What fucking holiday do you think we're on at this point? Well, if you look at Walmart, it's already Christmas. Fuck. Well, it's, it's true. We are, we are into October, which I suppose Christmas is out. But come on, man. It's too fucking early for this. Okay, fine. We'll play some spiritual healing type Halloween music. Like Enya? Yeah. episode and we have a treat for you tonight we're going to do some articles read from us from an email and we also have huh yep 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 Yep. and we also have an interview with a friend of mine cody and he's going to tell us about his experiences when he lived in a haunted house for a couple years so show is yours cody go right ahead um first of all thanks for having me we're not having you yet we haven't cooked you yet (laughs) um well to start out i lived in the house uh north of Watertown, out in the country, that um, through friends and family I was able to rent for a while, about four years I was there. Yeah, I, I kind of like grew up in the same country you're from and that, so it's kind of a nice area up there. Yeah. Um, I didn't really pay attention to anything that was happening until stuff really started happening. It's like, holy cow, if I would have been paying attention this whole time... I probably would have noticed a lot more stuff going on. So, I have to ask, what was the first thing you noticed that actually caught your attention? Um, The first thing that really kind of was like, when the hell was that? Um, I was was sitting down in my recliner, and um, I just heard somebody coughing, like a deep old man just a what guttural cough like a 40 year smoker cough just oh, like, I, got, I got those i know yeah. what you're talking about yeah i do that every morning so me being the guy i am <laughs> get up find my gun it's like okay somebody's in this house <laughs> um nobody was in there and i was like well maybe i'm just hearing shit um is maybe three to four months later um three to four months later i i was sitting in the same recliner and the way that the living room was designed there was a um, like a half wall and then you could you could uh sit forward and look around the side of it into the dining room um and i heard this music and I was like, what in the hell is this music? And I, I sat forward and looked into the other room, and my dartboard had turned on. 
Oh, what the hell? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take this, Marty, because I've heard this story. It creeps me the fuck out. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, I was like, well, it's a power surge. Right, right. Um, so I went over, unplugged it, because I was like, I don't want to listen to this all night if it's going to do this shit. Like, it's an old house, whatever. Yeah. Um, not 20 minutes later, the dartboard turns on again. It's unplugged. There is no battery oh. backup. Oh, damn. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got up and ran out of the house. Oh, yeah, no, that's just a smart <laughs> We do not blame there. you for that at all. Holy crap, yeah, I, I would be like... You can still mm. keep your man card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was out. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, it's one thing to just flip it off. Because, you know, it could be, you know, okay, there's a short or something in there, kicked it back on. But to have it be unplugged, like, mm, there, there's literally no fucking power at that point coming to that. Why right. would this I be had, turning on? Yeah, I had no battery backup in it. I had, there was no power going to this thing. So I basically got rid of the dartboard at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably it's as like, well. I can picture this, Cody getting rid of it. And it's like that scene in the last scene of Poltergeist where they put the TV outside yeah, yeah, the hotel yeah, room. Yeah. Cody's just like, like, gone. <laughs> nope, no more of this. Fuck that. Wow. Um, and then it went for um, quite a while before I had anything else really crazy happen that I really noticed. Um, I, uh, uh, once again, the same chair sitting, um, right next to my TV, there's a door that went upstairs to the, to the attic to where all, um, all the kids rooms were upstairs when all the kids were home and, and everybody, um, and the carpet in them old houses is real thick not quite a shag but it's real thick carpet yeah and that door was hard to open because of that carpet um i was sitting in my chair watching tv or watching a movie or something and that door opened oh all the way 90 degrees oh shit swung open like there was no you didn't hear the carpet or nothing it just opened and once again i Heel Toad expressed it right out of the house. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't think the house was haunted. I think your lazy boy, your sitting yeah, is haunted. Well, three stories I don't have that anymore either. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> I mean, do you have any more ghosts around? I'm, I'm cutting all of his bases here, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh, another time, same chair. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, it's the fucking chair. It was actually the same yeah. night that door opened after I calmed down drank a couple beers and came back inside um sat back down was cooling down for the night and my legs started burning like hot oh um i was wearing t-shirt and shorts i pulled my shorts up because it was burning and i had three scratches on the inside of my thigh oh shit um almost to the point of blood but not quite right um, it's like you caught yourself on a barbed wire fence. Right. But um, it was just, at, at that point, I was like, okay, <laughs> what <laughs> what have I missed up to this point? This, that... this is not a short anymore. Um... <laughs> um, there's been a couple other instances where I would come home from the neighbors and... Um, 
late at night and my lights would be on my house driving up the driveway and you could see it from the road the lights were on i was like well came home let the dogs out and then i went to my neighbors and i was like maybe i turned lights on or forgot to turn them off um and so i pull up park get out all the lights are off oh yeah yeah and when like lights i'm talking about down in the cellar where the uh, fuel tank was for the heat yep um the main floor and the upstairs i never went to the upstairs because i didn't pay to heat it so in the winter time right um it was all right so um that really creeped me out so i went back to my truck grabbed my gun and went through the house again and there's nobody everything was still locked up um um, that happened four or five times over the course of the winter and then um one other time i had um come home after hanging out with the neighbors shooting coons and stuff at night um and as i pulled into my driveway there's a l of trees at the end of the driveway and i could see red eyes about 10 feet up off of the ground oh damn and so i was like oh it's a coon up in the tree or something so i got out shot a couple times and the eyes stayed there the whole time and then they disappeared after i shot the last time so I was like, oh, cool, got it. It was right on the down in the corner yep. of where those trees came together. So I went down there. I was like, I'll go grab this coon and whatnot. And, um, as I got down there, all you could hear was trees crashing and breaking as something ran out. You made a rookie mistake two times. One, <laughs> glowing red eyes. You shot at it. <laughs> then you went down there and tried to find it. Well, That's a bad mistake. I don't know, because at that point, you're... you're rationally thinking this is a raccoon just hanging out right i'm gonna get him the hell out of here because as much as i love raccoons they're destructive little shits oh yeah they and that's tear everything apart man and i'd been um dealing with them for a while they'd oh, get yeah. into the granary yep. they'd break boards off the side oh, to yeah. get in and eat the oats yep. so i was i was over it i killed four <laughs> in my driveway one day and i was like these things need to go yeah so um but i have no idea what was running through the trees like well it wasn't a raccoon i'll tell you that a raccoon yeah, okay. <laughs> growing through the knocking aside trees and making that much noise that's not a raccoon and, and that's even saying something bigger like oh there's coyotes it wouldn't be 10 foot up you know what right. i mean it wouldn't be at that height right and then i thought well it was a deer or something like that but it's like deer pretty quiet like if anybody's ever been hunting squirrels are louder than deer are yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, like general, they can yeah. sneak up on you in no time and I just, for the amount of noise that was created from something running through those trees, it just blew my mind. Right. But even, that was the only time I ever seen anything yep. that big. Even, so, even giving the idea that maybe it was, you know, a mountain lion that had come in the area, they, again, are also very quiet even when they're rustling away from somebody. It's a big cat, and that's what they do is they're quiet. You wouldn't hear all that crashing. And, oh, that's wild. So I got a question for you. What do you think it was? I have no idea. Like I, okay. I can't even start to. Right, right. 
Your mind is not as warped as mine, you're saying? I know I know where you're going with it. Right. <laughs> oh, you have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much everything I have. For... I want, I, I, I know, there's a, one story you told me that really sticks out in my head. What about the road and the rodents? Oh, that that was uh, pretty wild. Um, <laughs> that oh, that's what you say. It's, or, like no, that's not pretty wild. That's just just tell the story, please. Um, so there was a time when when uh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank, but I do remember um, seeing just a sea of black coming down the gravel road and you couldn't help but just stand there and watch it because you're like what the hell is that well once i got closer it was rats it was just all rats oh shit yeah it was nuts like my question is what are they running from you know what i mean no yeah i never did ask that question were they going away from your place or towards your place i hope not towards your place it wasn't it wasn't right by my driveway or anything it was down on the other side of the section but Really? <clears throat> There's nothing down there. No. There is not. Cause it's I, wide I know, open. I know the Cody, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've actually driven out there, and I've actually been inside the house you're talking about. And, yeah, there's nothing anywhere on in that area of the property. There's nothing. Right. There's, I, like, I one abandoned farm <laughs> with a rundown barn and a right. silo. That's it. I mean, I can understand if it was like, oh, it's raining, there's some flash flooding, they're getting the hell out of the water. But that's weird behavior for around here for animals to be acting like that and i i had talked to a couple farmers and they said that um they see weird stuff like that like one year the rats will be horrible and you'll see them running down the road the next year you'll have grasshoppers so bad you can't see through them oh god Um, oh damn it's crazy. Oh, yeah. I think I would rather take the rats over the grasshoppers. Fuck I don't know. Things. You can eat grasshoppers, and you don't have to worry about oh. pestilence if you eat rats. There's nothing worse than riding a four wheeler through oh. the field, and then you have one in your leg. <laughs> it's not. Oh, it know. is not cool at all. So you told us that. Sorry, I brought up the rodent, pro- the rat story, which I found that's the most intriguing one besides wow. the red eye glowing thing. So, is there anything else that's actually happened at that property that you can remember? That oh, what about the time? Your current wife, which there's a story involving her, isn't there? Because she wouldn't be in the house. The snowmobile incident. Um, I'm not just... my wife. My buddy's oh, wife. Okay, okay. He, they had come out to visit, and um, she's like, "Well, it's cold outside. You guys are going out to a not heated, not insulated garage to work on a snowmobile and ride around." She's like, "I'm gonna sit." You're climatizing. That's what you're doing. That sounds awful. I'm gonna stay in here. <laughs> So, um, she stayed in the house. We went outside, and it wasn't five minutes later. She come out. She's like, I cannot be in that house by myself. <laughs> she's like, this house just creeps me the hell out. Yeah. Wow. And some of the past history of that house, I looked into a little bit. And it was, somebody actually did pass away in that house. Mm-hmm. And he was an elderly gentleman. And from what I remember, he was a decent guy. I've actually, I physically knew who he was. Right. But... Yeah, I don't see why he must not like you. Because well, currently, his, currently, right now, his granddaughter is living in the house, and I've talked to her, and she says nothing ever happened um, that she's had happened to her, or she's noticed. Right, that way. and 
there is a lot of history up around that area and you from being from up there yep. you, you know that too oh yeah <laughs> um the guy i'm renting from was the old man's son uh, when i was up there who lived a mile north of me and um he had all these papers one time i went to pay my my rent and he had all these papers He's like look at this he said this guy who was doing like a historical survey or whatever wanted to come out and go on the property there's a couple landmarks out there um that had to do with um first nations people yeah and then even um like first settlers mm-hmm. um they had um he had mapped out a wagon wheel of property across the Midwest and that line had come through through right. that area and basically what he mapped out was ley lines right I can you can say ley lines okay. well I couldn't think anybody of who listens it, to this program will already know what ley lines <clears throat> is um he said up on oh. the up on the big there's a big hill out out in the pasture and on the side of the hill they found rocks that were in the shape of a man and woman on the side of the hill um probably oh, okay. 50 to 75 feet yeah from bottom to top, top. Yep. wow um there's rocks out there that are like uh, maybe four foot tall that are dished out like a sink bowl yep oh. um that's what stuff you don't ever hear about, like you know, because that's why I've talked to other people now. They don't talk about that. You're like the actually, in all honesty, you're one of the very few people that actually talk about this area and the strange stuff that does happen there. Um, there's just a lot of. I liked being up there. I like that older, like the the history part of it. The um, all the cool stuff you can find out there, and. Um, in in the backyard there's a huge rock right next to a tree and in this paperwork he had that the lake that's up there used to be up to like where the house is now and there is a triangle hole drilled in that rock that they had posts in to hold ships to dock off of or to tie off of and we're talking about ships actually mean probably the vikings that's because there's also reports up in Corona of Vikings, and that would make perfect sense because, yes, people, Vikings did come to North America way, way before Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Right. And then even further north of there, I know yeah. there's a bunch of stuff that's been found, even like over across into Minnesota. Yeah. We found a lot of stuff up there. That's pretty fucking wild, dude. That's crazy. Um. Also in that paperwork, he had where... I don't know how they dated about when this um, hole was drilled or anything like that, but they said that the way that the hole was drilled is the same way that they did it back um, in the old times um, overseas, uh, like Norway or whatever. And wow. and um, there was a ship that went missing and never seen again that they're thinking made it over here and settled there oh dude that's crazy yeah this area has a lot of back history if you dig, yeah. back, if you dig yeah. back in the corners i grew up in this area i know exactly what you're talking about well there's a lot of that stuff i have never heard 
and it, it's not even that far from where I've grown up. But like you said, a lot of people don't really talk about it. I've only heard it from little bits and pieces of somebody saying something. It's like, well, is that true or is that? Well, that's what I've heard. Oh, okay. Um, and that, I have to take it as that is the nice South Dakota conservative. We don't talk about weird chickens. <laughs> then you got me. I'm from South Dakota. I'm like, right, fuck right. it. <laughs> I just thought it was always really weird. Um, I noticed that rock when when I moved in there. I mean, it's a eight foot long rock oh, next to good. the biggest tree on the property is probably. I don't know the six foot circumference, yeah. Uh, yeah, radius, yeah. whatever Diana. circumference, not, whatever. Yeah, here, right? <laughs> I failed that class. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the history of that kind of stuff I find really fascinating. And it's just those little odd nuggets of of history facts like that, where it's like that doesn't fit into what we're supposed to know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody was supposed to have been over here before 1800s, where, where our settlers were going across the country. And that would predate that by quite a chunk. Right. You know, not like 20 years, but many, many, many years. And when we get done with this interview, you're going to tell me the name of the person that had the papers and if I can get a hold of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fascinating as hell. Because I've heard of the, somebody, like, I'm much older than you, and I've heard mentions of the ley lines before but i could never figure out where that came from so i was really interested in that we'll talk off the air about that and maybe we'll have you back on we'll talk more about it yeah for sure so have you got anything else for us or is that it? um there's a couple other things more recently that i've been seeing or at your new house at work at work at work hmm Okay, I never heard these are new to me. <laughs> these, I haven't really talked about these a whole lot because, other than my with my boss's wife and just creeped her out, so I like to bring it up to her. But <laughs> good man, good man. Other other than that, I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people about it just because, well, most people aren't going to believe me. I have me, a listening ear right. and a soft shoulder for you, Cody. You know that. Um, so I'm a mechanic, and. The way that my toolbox is set up, it's against the wall on one side, and then I have a locker on the other side of it, and it's probably about six feet, so it's a two and a half by two and a half locker, six feet tall, that hangs on the side of my toolbox, and then there's a hallway that you can see down to go back to my boss's wife's office, and... Um, on multiple occasions I've thought her or my boss or one of the other guys was walking down that way and it's always something you catch right out of the corner of your eye it's never like oh hey here comes so and so it's yep somebody's walking from back over here Yeah, you register that movement right and then they never come past the locker so then you stop and you peek around it and it's like nobody's here that, that's a rookie mistake too in horror movies that's what you get an axe to the head um so and that's happened a couple times where i catch it coming towards my box and then it doesn't clear my my cabinet or my locker that's pretty crazy um a couple other times it's been where 
I'm on the other side of my lift, so I'm on the locker side, and I can see down that hallway, and I can see, like, a black mass, like, come up like this. Oh. And it, you, you won't see it. Like, it's like a shadow moving through there. Yep. But... Did you happen to take back your old Lazy Boy? Is that why you're having problems? <laughs> that thing is long gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we blamed out the Lazy Boy isn't the problem. <laughs> oh, that's pretty crazy. I, I will go back to the house. Uh, none of the stuff seems like blatantly aggressive. Do you know um, what I mean? Other than the scratches, that was yeah, the only oh, physical. Yeah, I forgot about scratches, yeah. That was really the only. No, no. (laughs) That was really the only physical or harmful type thing that happened up there. But I don't think, I don't think all of it was the gentleman who died there. Right. I think just the history of that property. There's just so much there that. That it's not the property; it's the area itself. There's a lot of deep history there. Yeah, I was and, say, yeah, it could be an issue of there's multiple things that are coming through that area, especially if it's right on a fucking ley line. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's uh, oof, yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Next, yeah, I say, yeah, it's I, I would guess that like the lights turning on, the door opening, even maybe the dartboard because it's pretty more of a passive aggressive kind of thing, might be the spirit of the old man there. That was just right. doing and that's, his old routine. The scratch, I would say, is definitely something different because it doesn't seem to fit in with any of the other stuff. That one's a little more frightening, really. Yeah. But if you go down the ley line, a lot of people believe oh. that quartz is involved. And there's a lot of damn granite and quartz yeah. in this area. I yes. Mean, where Especially where in the, around that property you're at, that's like you go six inches underneath the dirt, you're hitting rock. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ooh. Yeah, everything is gravel up there. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I know the the lights in the house was pro. Oh, excuse me. Um, the lights in the house is probably the the craziest thing that I experienced up there, other than getting physically touched. Right. Um, just just the fact that they would be on, you could see them for yep. the half mile drive up, mm-hmm. and then you turn up the long driveway. And as you would come up to the house, they would be on. You would pass a tree, and as that tree clears the windows, they would be off. Yep. No, it, it is unnerving. I've been there. It, it's very unnerving when that kind of stuff happens. It's so, like, oh, why is that on? And the first thing that goes through your nothing. mind is somebody's in the house. They heard yep. me coming up the driveway, and they turn the lights off. Yep. And all of my guns are in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have this handy hatchet, so this is going to have to do. Yeah, no, no. It, yeah, because that's your your first logical response is somebody's fucking around in my house. Correct. You know, why is that light on? I know damn well I didn't leave this, this, and this light on. One or two, yeah, I may not have turned off. Everything in the house, especially like you said, that upper level, you really didn't use at all. Why would you have left the lights on if you hadn't been up there, you know? Mm-hmm. But then to have them all be off, yeah, your, your first natural response is somebody's in here. And I, I, yeah, I get that. And it is, it is unnerving when you see lights are on. And then when you get there, why is that light off? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who the hell is in here? What's going on? But yeah, that is, it is, a, it is pretty unnerving and scary. And I've always been one, like growing up from a young age, you guys know with the Millette house and all oh, that yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the 
lore around that. Yeah, I think <laughs> we've talked about it before, yeah. And it's just, so I kind of got interested in it from that when I was little. Yep. Um, oh, there's another story, too. That's fine. Just let it go. I just remembered. That's fine. Um, so along with the lights, um, there was one night I came home, and there is one bedroom upstairs that's a tile floor, and it's a huge, it's like a nursery. Okay. It's a big room. Um, and the ceiling's like four foot. Oh, like okay. you have to damn near crawl through. So this. you got about six inches of clearance then. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <No>. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've hit my head on that doorway plenty of times. But um, that room. What was really weird about that room is, so it's an old house. You would get flies in the house. This and oh. that. That room would fill with flies. You would oh. go upstairs and there would be dead flies everywhere all over the floor up there i would i would sweep them up i would vacuum them up constantly and i could not stay on top of it wow and just that room just that room i mean uh, like there's you find two or three other oh, ones yeah, upstairs yeah, or yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. okay there's a problem up here so you set off a a, a bomb yeah <laughs> and, bomb. Yep. Yep. yeah and try to kill wherever they're coming from they sprayed nothing helped um, I thought maybe the windows weren't sealing. Right. So I had the plastic saran wrap yep. insulation stuff I put on all the windows upstairs. Um, all the windows downstairs had the storm windows on. So I was like, there's no way they're getting in this house. Unless they're coming through the foundation, which is... Super fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it would be possible, but then... What are they doing upstairs? You well, know, and that's just it. Like, they're getting downstairs. upstairs somehow. Yeah. Which, I mean, they're flies, so they can get pretty much wherever they well, want to yeah, go. But, but still, with just that number, <clears throat> right? you know, to always just circle into that space. And that room is probably as wide as this one. Okay. It's probably a, right around this size. Just that's a big-ass like, room. It is. Short. Considering all the other rooms, like, you couldn't put a bed in there. Um, if you open the door, you would hit a bed. Like there's, there's tiny, tiny rooms. Um, but that one was, was big and it had a big chest in the corner. Um, I think it's just too big to move. That's why they left it there. (laughs) Like it's staying like like a house at this point. (laughs) I like this big chest, but we're going to build the house around it. Like the old style deep breezes. Yeah. Build the basement. All right. Put the deep breeze in. Yep. We'll just build the house around it. (laughs) Right. Um, but in that room, so same thing as, um, with the lights in that room, the, the blinds were open one night when I came home and that was always like a, a mullet house deal or the, <laughs> the blinds would move or the yep. curtains would move and somebody would be standing up there. I was like, well, there's no way anybody's up there cause it's cold as balls up there. <laughs> like <laughs> you'd be better off outside than up there. <laughs> oh, that's pretty crazy the fly thing that like i said i mean around here we do get flies but now i have to ask a question when the fly incident was it during the middle of winter um or was it during the late fall or what season was it was it? more like you would have flies all year round yeah but i would say the majority of the flies that would get in the house upstairs was spring and fall were probably the two worst times and then all summer just a constant deal 
See, I could see, like, since it is a tile room, maybe it was a little bit, the floor is warmer, because if the sun's coming into that shade, is it a white tile, I'm assuming? Yep. And that'd probably collect, no, that wouldn't, that would no, reflect that the would heat. Reflect that heat would reflect heat. So I was just thinking, my flashlight, like, if it's a dark, if it's a tile that collected heat in the prize, like, during the, especially during late spring, early spring yeah, and late fall. fall, they're attracted to heat. Because when I grew up on the farm, we had, like, you go out to our corn bed, and that's the first place every morning they got hit by the sun. You could just go along the walls would be just covered with flies because mm-hmm. because the heat from the corn because yeah. it's drying out and all that but uh, that don't make any sense if the tiles yeah. are white yeah if it's white it, it's not absorbing that light and heat yeah it's reflecting it Ooh, yeah that's just weird that's a, I don't know man that's that's <laughs> I could weird. see if we could actually go do a thing at this house because I know the person that lives there currently right well good yeah, yeah. we can look into <laughs> yeah, it we can look into that <laughs> <laughs> no that's just that's wild yeah the, the fly thing i don't know man that low-key kind of creeps me out I'll, I'll be honest with you gives the amityville horror vibes well yeah i mean there, there's there's a long, <laughs> which was a bullshit story folks there, there is a, a a long i will argue some of that but yeah there, there you're the part you'll argue is the guy was crazy that shot his family well, it, he was <laughs> I, I think there was stuff that happened in that house. It's not what happened in the films, but I believe there is stuff that went. We'll, on there. we'll, we'll agree to we'll, disagree, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean there there is a long history of you know, flies and that kind of thing being drawn to demonic places that are are a little darker powered. Uh, yeah, that's, there is a history. Of there is, there is. I won't argue. And it could, I won't argue with I mean, you there. We are in the Midwest, and we do deal with a lot of flies and flying insect. And it might just be a weird thing with just how that room is set up that they like it but it does kind of just kick a little flag where i'm like oh how do they get creepy. into the room yeah. that's the big thing right there yeah how are they getting he was in? saying that all the windows are covered with yeah the well, plastic even, ran around even stuff. like my place where some of the door seal isn't the greatest we still don't have that many flies get in you know what i mean if you've gone around and, and screened up windows and and done the shrink wrap thing where the hell are they getting in you know to right. have that many of them getting in. So, that's, is that your story and you're sticking to it? <laughs> We're not making fun of you, Cody. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do you have any questions for me and the wonderful Marty here? Not that I can think of right now. <laughs> okay. See, I'm going to I'm gonna go off this tangent here with this red-eyed thing. Because, <laughs> actually... Oh, yeah. I figured it out. He's going to a fucking tangent. <laughs> No, I think with the red-eyed thing, I don't think it was Bigfoot. Truly, I don't. Actually, I think it's more like the lust line of Dogman. Because mm. I've gotten reports. I know you, I told you this story before about the three-foot-tall one over in the certain yep, area yep, west yep. of here. Actually, I think Dogman is very prevalent up here compared to any other cryptid-type creature. Right. Um, I wish I had it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I wish I had the picture. Um, oh, this is the first time hearing this fucking picture. <laughs> picture, picture. So, I have, a, I have a customer, my uh, customer of ours at work, who is a crop sprayer, who has a picture of a tall, hairy black bean standing and watching him spray a field. He made a point of stopping and turning around and going back to take a picture with his cell phone of this thing. He sent it to his friend, who's our service writer, 
and uh, stop right there. I want this fucking picture now. I oh. I don't know if I I'll try to get it. Get a hold of oh. him. I will work please, on it next please. week. Give him this picture. I got chills down my back. I just got chills when you just I, talking I, I about know. it because oh. it's a crop sprayer. Them guys are highly observant, yep. and they're they have to notice everything if they're a crop duster. Holy shit! That was he, in a bean field. It was field? it was next to a field. He was standing next to a sapling that was probably. I'm going to say five to six feet tall, and he towered over that. Oh, shit. Ooh. And, Ooh. like, it, I was seriously like, I was like, that's Bigfoot. <laughs> I, was like, Just, uh, I was like, no no doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's, it was crazy. Like, uh, it wasn't anybody in bibs or right. coveralls. Like, this thing was. First of all, I know it's not a farmer, because most farmers are more intelligent than being anywhere near a crossbar, because that shit is lethal. You breathe yeah. that, you oh, might God. as well go to the hospital, because yeah. your lungs are burned. Well, and in the picture, you don't see anything. Like, he's not on a... He's not on a section line. He's not near a four-wheeler or a truck. Right. Like, there's nothing else around there, and for somebody that's flying an airplane to be like... There's no way this is a person oh, to go back and take a picture of it oh. and say, I think I just took a picture of Bigfoot and right. send it in a Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Even if he got a promise to be like, I'm not going to let them know who the hell you are. Just, <laughs> I need that picture. Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll sign an NDA form. Yeah. <laughs> I just want that picture to look at it. I wish. That's something you don't ever hear about. No. That'd be like. I, I'm sorry, but if we do get that picture, we'll if it's all right, we'll put it on Instagram if you send us that picture. But we won't disclose anything. It's like picture. All we're gonna do is say picture taken by crop duster. Oh wow, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Is is nuts? I like I said, I got chills. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even seen it, and I was like, ooh, oh man. I can't imagine that would be that far away if he's flying out of here. No, right? No. Yeah, just it's going to be the in the surrounding area. Yeah. Oh, All right, dude. let's leave it at that before we keep oh. going on this subject. <laughs> dude, <laughs> Have you got anything else? a can of worms on that. Yeah, we're oh. not going to go down the can of worms. We're going to stay at the creepy haunted house thing for now. That's a future episode. That's pretty crazy, but, though. Is that it, Cody? Or? Yeah, that's all I got for you. All right, well, thanks for coming and doing the that's interview. We greatly do appreciate show. it. Yeah, man, that's more than enough. That's and I'll probably see you camping this year. Probably. All right. <laughs> more than likely. Happy Halloween to everyone tonight. I hope you've had plenty of trick-or-treaters come ring your doorbells. A lot more treaters and trickers, I hope. So we're going to finish off this episode with talking about one last thing. We're going to talk about something that creeps me out. Before I get into that, what's the one thing that creeps you out? What makes your goose flesh stand up on your arms and the hair on the back of your neck stands up? Either if you look at it right or just catch it out of the corner of your eyes. With Marty, we know it doll, it's dolls. Because of their unblinking eyes and static facial features. And millipedes with their many undulating arms. That kind of creeps me out too. But my one thing I would have to say is creeping me out mostly is something you hardly ever see nowadays. I grew up on a farm out in the country. And this time of year, it was always cold at night. sunset early. And the one thing that always stood out, we had this one field in the back. And this was an old time farmer. He always had a scarecrow out there. And it always creeped me out as a little kid because I'm like, is that someone out there in that field watching me? And I remember walking home at night in the early evenings and the closer I got to his field, the more I'd be looking over my shoulders at it. 
but I knew it wasn't real, but it's just it's just that feeling you got that it was actually real and it was watching you. It was a sentry doing its job, keeping away the animals so the farmer could make money. So now we're going to talk about scarecrows. Mitch and Gene Kelly moved to their new neighborhood a week before Halloween. Almost immediately, they noticed the scarecrows. Not real scarecrows, decorative ones. Most were about three feet tall, decked out in overalls and flannel shirts with painted smiles flashing beneath rumpled felt hats. Many were parts of displays that included a pumpkin and a harvest sheath. Others stood alone. Some were simply doll-sized figures of dried silk twisted out of cornhouse and propped conspicuously in a window, but every house had one, except theirs. Mitch guessed that this was the average suburbanite's idea of quaint. He thought the things looked damned ugly. Put one up in front of your house and it was like putting out a vacancy sign for bugs, spiders, and anything else that liked to crawl indoors. It made no sense to Mitch why a town that couldn't claim to have a single field or pasture would be so obsessively displaying a prop everyone associated with farm life. Didn't people know scarecrows were created to scare animals away from crops? What point was there putting one up as a decoration in upper middle class neighborhood where the closest anyone got to farming was the produce section of the local supermarket? Clearly there was a lot Mitch and Jean were going to have to get used to about their new home. Already they felt like outsiders. Just three days before they had been shopping at the local market for a pumpkin. It had been their tradition for as long as they had been married to carve a jack-o'-lantern the day before Halloween and put it on their front porch. On Halloween night, the lit jack-o'-lantern served as a beacon to trick-or-treaters. But the only pumpkins to be found at the local supermarket were parts of a scarecrow display. Mitch had removed one and brought it up to the cash register, but was told the store couldn't sell it as a solitary item. He had argued, but the clerk remained adamant. Finally, Mitch told the clerk, angri clerk angrily to charge him for the whole damn display and to stuff the scarecrow wherever he wanted. Mitch felt good about having stood up for his principles, even though it had cost him 50 bucks. The clerk, the clerk told him on his way out he might as well take the scarecrow since he had paid for it. Over my dead body, Mitch had muttered. That Saturday, Mitch and Jean carved their jack-o'-lantern, but by sundown, the evening pieces of it were clotted on the front door. Someone had hurled it at their house. Mitch called the police department to protest the vandalism. The police officer he reached gave him a song and dance about mischief night and the kids being kids and how it wasn't likely they could catch the culprit if Mitch hadn't actually seen him do it. Mike was not deterred. On Halloween morning, he drove to the store the next town over and bought an even bigger pumpkin. It was carved, lit, and out front under Mitch's watchful eye by noon that day. The evening came on fast and showed all signs of being a perfect Halloween night. The sun had turned the distant hills a fiery red as it set. In its wake, the moon had risen with a pinkish glow that Mitch knew made it what they call the blood moon. The air was cool enough to sharpen smells and sounds. Mitch picked up the acid wave of burning wood that told him that several places were being stoked nearby. He had stocked up on candy for the neighborhood kids. Jean had wistfully suggested that they might get to meet some of the neighbors whose kids came trick-or-treating. By dusk, they had already seen some kids out in costume, traipsing around the block, but none came to their door. Mitch peeked through their blinds and saw one cluster of kids at the house next door. He waited for the ring of their doorbell, but it never came. After several minutes, he peeked back outside again and saw the kids heading up the steps at the house on the other side. Their house had been completely skipped over. It went on like that for the rest of the evening. The neighborhood kids were out in droves in costumes ranging from store-bought to crudely homemade. They laughed and yelled as they paraded up and down the street, 
but in every case they passed by Kelly's house like they didn't even see it there. Mitch and Jean had come close to getting one, only one visitor that evening. Early on, Mitch had seen one kid who couldn't have been more than three or four come toddling up the front walk in a ghost sheet. Mitch had stepped into the foyer, planning on to open the door as a child came up the step. But through the glass panes at the top of the door, he saw a woman, probably the kid's mother, run to the child and yank him away by the arm before he could make get halfway up the walk. What the hell was everyone's problem? Mitch guessed the kids were going to the houses of friends and people they knew. It was probably a good safety precaution these days. By 10 o'clock, not a single trick-or-treater had come to their door. Mitch had offered to answer the doorbell while Jean worked upstairs, but it seemed pretty pointless. The cries of the kids and the pounding feet on the, pounding feet on the sidewalk had ceased suddenly. Mitch looked through the front window and saw the block was completely dark. The neighbors were they either sending a signal to the kids that Halloween was over, or they're just turning in much earlier than usual. Mitch was just preparing to go outside and extinguish the light in the jack-o'-lantern when he was startled by a sound from the front porch. Whoa! The stillness of the night had magnified the noise. It sounded like something had fallen through the floorboards. Opening the door, Mitch discovered another jack-o'-lantern casualty. Someone had tossed it, candle and all, against the front door. This was worse than the uh, yesterday. The pumpkin was virtually pulverized. Stringy clumps battered the door. Flecks of pumpkin seeds dressed the wall several feet on either side of the frame. It would have taken a considerable strength to make that kind of a mess. No little kid out for Halloween could have done this. Mitch stood in the doorway, peering into the darkness as though he might see whoever was responsible for this prank. The candle in the jack-o'-lantern had been smothering by sloppy pulp and he could smell the smoky oil smell that associated with a snuff candle. But there was another, stronger smell behind it. A sweet and sour smell. It reminded him of the mixed aroma of alfalfa, manure, and newly turned earth that he associated with the country. As a kid, he remembered how overpowering it could have seemed whenever he drove by a recently mowed hayfield. It was the first time he ever smelled it in all his town. What was putting that smell out so strongly? Hey! Mitch yelled into the inky darkness, hoping to scare off whoever had tossed the pumpkin. A light breeze made the treetops dance in the moonlight. Mitch heard a slithering rustle. Must be the leaves. But he knew that all the leaves had been off those trees a week ago, and there had been, and they had been raked the last of them out of their yard before the weekend. The wind made the rustling sound again, and Mitch felt the air, hairs on his arm prickle. Rubbing them against a the chill, he stepped back indoors. He had just picked up the phone to call the police and complain a second time when he heard the rustling sound. Sss. It was coming from the punt porch. Sss. Much closer than it had been before. It was followed by the clumping sound, like something hitting the floorboards at a regular basis. Mitch turned out the lights. On tiptoe, he advanced to the front window. Whatever it was was being dragged across the front screen. Sticking his fingers between the slats of the blind, he peered out. Nothing there. It brushed over the screen of the window next to the door. Someone was going to a lot of effort to put a Halloween scare in him. It sounded like footsteps outside the front door, or someone tapping the porch with a pole. Mitch moved silently to the foyer and peeked through the panes of the window. Someone was standing on the porch. Mitch could just make out an overcoat and a slouch hat on the head. The person was carrying a walking stick in his hand, thumping it on the porch, planking. A late trick-or-treater? 
Mitch clicked on the light as he pulled the door open. He was almost driven back by the smell he had noticed before. Now it was ten times stronger and nauseatingly powerful, potent, concentrated. It reminded him less of wet straw and more of stench of decay and death. The person on the porch was dressed like a scarecrow, with shocks of loose straw sticking out around its wrist and neck. He turned his face up to look directly at Mitch, and Mitch realized that the figure was not wearing a costume. Black holes marked where its eyes should have been. Its mouth was stitched shut, but Mitch could have sworn the cheeks worked behind it, huffing and puffing as though it was alive. What Mitch had at first thought was a nose and an a- was actually a field spider the size of his hand. Other things he couldn't quite see wriggled in the straw jutting beneath the figure's hat. The scarecrow took a step forward, and Mitch saw that he had mistaken what he had mistaken for a walking stick was a weathered wood stave. It had a crossbar at the top. Its other end was a pointy stake. The thing moved fast. Mitch never had a chance. Neither did Gina. The next day, the neighbors saw two scarecrows up on the poles at the new people's house. It didn't look like the other scarecrows around the neighborhood. They wore Mitch's and Gene's clothes, and they weren't stuffed with straw. But everyone agreed from the way they flapped loosely in the wind that they did a good job of scaring things away. Do not touch that fucking button, right? Come on. It is still Halloween. Oh, jeez. Fine. We'll play some music then. Bye. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life committing acts of murder.